0: and our brain when we're in a digital environment it focuses on a very linear thing if they're looking for better ideas bigger ideas new ways to focus figure out how to solve problems we need to get up we need to literally waste time laugh have fun with people go out for a walk do something physical that we don't build that into our days Mm -hmm. because we think it's inefficient we need to get it all done but the truth of the matter is building that into your days actually frees you up to be more effective and efficient.
1: What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Ryan Calagari, on this week's episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where... Every single week, I'm reading a book, condensing that book down to its core golden nuggets. I'm bringing the author on the show to have a conversation about the golden nuggets. And I'm here every single week just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. If you're a fan of the show, then please go online, rate and review the show when you do take a screen capture of that rating of that review and send it to the podcast at If you're listening on Spotify or SoundCloud and you don't have the ability to do that, then just send me an email to the podcast at and I'll make sure you're entered as well. Don't forget to also connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You will definitely see more of me on Instagram or LinkedIn, but whatever it is, just connect with me. Just tell me that you found me through the podcast and say hi. And last but not least, don't forget to go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up for the PDF summaries. So if you like the episode, then you want to get the PDF summary in your inbox. As I said last week and previous weeks, I'm not a big fan of sending mass emails, so I want to send them as sparingly as possible. I'm only going to do one a month, only because I just don't want to bombard your inbox. So go to cutthecrappodcast.com. At the very top, it says summaries. Click the summaries, send in your information, boom. I'll send all those summaries off to you once a month. All right, so this week, what do we got going on? We have More Sales, Less Time by Jill Conrath. It's one of those things we don't have enough of today, especially in sales, time. For those of you who are able to maximize the amount of time you have, chances are you're probably gonna be a little bit more successful in sales means you're going to have an opportunity to do more sales calls, more follow-ups with prospects, with customers. You're going to have more time to do proposals, more time to review your scripts. Whatever it is, the more time you have, the better you're going to be. Every single one of us, every one of us, you included out there, we all squander our time. At some point in the day, we squander our time. And for me, I'm always trying to learn how I can do less of that, how I can be more productive. And it's not easy. It's very difficult because there's so many different stimuli out there that's fighting for our time, whether it's people in the office, conversations. Obviously, your cell phone's a massive distraction. And so for us, it's just trying to figure out different ways that we can limit the distractions, get more out of our day. Like We talked to Kevin Cruz a couple of weeks ago. How much time do we have in a day? We well, have the same amount of minutes, 1,440 minutes in a day. And far too many of us are squandering that time. So any book that talks about how to increase sales and how to maximize time, I wanna read about it. So that's Jill Conrath's book. And Jill, she's a dynamo. She's written more than this book. She's written a couple other books. So we're gonna to try to get her back on the show just to talk about some of the others she has going on. But this one's an interesting one. I was happy to have her on the show and can't wait to break into it with you. So without further ado, this is Jill Conrath, More Sales, Less Time, Surprisingly Simple Strategies for today's Crazy Busy Sellers. I'll catch you back here at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Jill, how are you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing great this morning. How are you doing?
1: Doing very well, very well. Thank you so much for making time for myself and for everyone out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation.
0: Well, I actually like the the name of your podcast, Cut the Crap, because we're going to get right to it, aren't we?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You're damn right. (laughs) But before we get into this book, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are then and and what you do. Obviously, you have deep experience in sales and helping businesses understand sales. Uh, Maybe just give us a quick introduction to you.
0: Sure, I started out my career as a field salesperson, you know, making calls just like everybody else, moved into major account sales, and then started my own sales consultancy where I really focused on helping companies launch new products into the marketplace fast, rapidly. And then... I decided to share some of my knowledge as I discovered that the marketplace was rapidly changing and salespeople needed to do some things differently. I actually, each book that I wrote was to address an emerging sales problem that hadn't existed before, but one that I studied for about a year before I actually wrote the book. Hmm. So every every time I write a book, it's because there's an issue out there that salespeople need help with.
1: So today's issue, it's about time, really. It's about time, yeah. And that really kicks us into this episode and Golden Nugget Number One, which talks about how salespeople have too little time to succeed. Now, we all have the same amount of time in a day. We have 1,440 minutes. So why does it seem like <laughs> like there's, I mean, by the way, I didn't have that top of my mind. I had Kevin Cruz on the other day and Kevin Cruz wrote a book about the 15 time management tips and he mentioned that to me. So I've never forgotten that now no. and that we all have the same amount of time in a day. But because we all have the same amount of time, why is it that salespeople seem to have less time in their day? What contributes to well, that? Well, I
0: think, yeah, I think it's a fascinating question because um, every salespeople, Uh, everybody in sales who I talk to today is feeling overwhelmed. I mean, that is like the number one feeling that they're never going to be able to get it all done. It's like they wake up in the morning and they pull their cell phone out before they even roll out of bed and they, you know, quick scan with the messages. And and there's, you know, if they go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, it's the last thing they do. So there's no escape from their work, number one. And by the way, when there is no escape from your work, you you feel overwhelmed and like you can't catch up and, and that there isn't enough time. So that is in itself, a factor. But I think beyond that, when you're in sales, you're in a constant um, hopeful mood. You have to reach out for you know prospects all the time. You have to hope your customers and, and the people you're trying to reach will get back to you. And so there's almost an addiction to the phone, like you have to be there, connected to not just your phone, but a device mm-hmm. that can um connect you with your customers or help you respond at a moment's notice or get the deal that might be coming in or, or handle an obstacle that your customers run into. So you're very, very uh, connected to your device devices because they are your conduit for doing business. Plus you have to also, as a seller, you spend time in a CRM system. You also spend time leveraging various technologies that your company has employed to help you you know, increase your sales, whether it's It's um, uh, an app to uh, put together a sales cadence so that you can send out emails on a regular basis or whether it's information that you find out on LinkedIn about a customer. You're constantly living in a digital environment. And that in itself is is the biggest issue that is facing salespeople because they're spending all their time in a distraction-filled environment that that people can't resist unless they're very aware of what's happening and they take control of their, of their time.
1: Because we live in this distraction or this distracted environment, you know, we're always connected to a screen, to a device. Yes, that means that we are susceptible to interruption all the time, whether it's from Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, text messages, email, you know, vo- whatever it is, people calling you. Right. And because of that, are you saying, I guess, that salespeople today are? maybe strapped for time because they're being a little bit more inefficient because they're getting distracted? Is that what's happening here?
0: Well, I think, yeah, you could just say that they're inefficient. But I think what we really need to address is the humanness, of this distraction and the fact that we are wired as human beings to be constantly on the lookout for new things, and if you take a look at your brain and how it works, I mean, when you know, when we're at our best, the smart part of our brain, the executive function, is in control, saying, "Do this, do that, pull this together, focus on this." But when we move into a digital environment, our amygdala, which is the oldest part of our brain, comes to the forefront and it says, "Whoa, there's a lot of new stuff here. I better." check things out because that's the amygdala's function to be constantly on the lookout for new things because new things could be dangerous and and so we are wired to look for distraction and if you take a look at your own behavior for example um one thing that happens to me, um, and it happens to me still, if I'm not really cognizant of what I'm doing, is like I get an email from LinkedIn first thing in the morning. you know, mm-hmm. they send me something every day. I click on an article that looks interesting because it looks interesting. <laughs> it's a great headline. <laughs> Somebody has seduced me into their article. Mm-hmm. And as I'm reading this article on you know five cringe inducing um, sales mistakes you never want to make. I come to a link to another article, <laughs> which is also, you know, piggybacking off of this, you know, this topic that I'm interested in. I click to that other article, and then I, I'm reading this other article, and then I'm thinking to myself, "Geez, it's Wednesday afternoon. I wonder what the weekend is going to be like." <laughs> and suddenly, the weather pops into my mind, and and you know, don't mm-hmm. ask me what happened, but I'm in a distraction mode, so I go to my weather app. Mm-hmm. And I click on the weather to see what it's going to be like. And as I'm scrolling down to look at, you know, the, the temperatures for the weekend, I see this thing about a sinkhole in Florida that <laughs> swallowed a car. <laughs> you can't tell me you've never done that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I definitely have, and I know so many of you out there listening right now have done the exact same thing. That's why I'm laughing because yes. it's funny. Like this is what happens to us all the time where it's oh, just yes. we're just you know shiny penny shiny penny syndrome, you know oh. what I mean? And we're just we're just constantly oh. led by our nose.
0: Yes. And you know what happened to me after I watched the sinkhole?
1: Oh god, what happened?
0: <laughs> oh, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> The next thing you know, I'm, ta- I'm looking at 12 plastic surgery fails <laughs> before and after shots. <laughs>
1: How and do, and literally, you I'm, that? you know,
0: doing one of those horrible <laughs> those things that, you know, that, that, that they get you and you have to scroll down, here's, you know, click, oh, next, yeah. next, next, click, i going, and I literally wake up and go, what the hell are you doing, Jill? <laughs> Plastic surgery feels like you could care less about it, but that's how I get sucked in, and, mm-hmm. and unless you keep your guard up and are are aware that that is how you as a human being operate, and that there are magical, mark you know, marketers out there who know how our brain works, and they have... You know, perfect titles to pull us in and the right colored buttons to get us to click and graphics that are just, uh, oh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we have to be aware of that. And once we become aware of that, then we can start controlling it. But if we don't, we can time can disappear. Half an hour can just evaporate. Mm-hmm. And we have done nothing
1: that's right i feel like you mentioned it right there self-awareness having the awareness that we are easily distracted and that there's there's people out there there are experts out there whose job is to hook you in grab you and hold on to you whether it's the weather network app or whether it's social media apps whatever it is articles um, their whole objective their job what they're great at what they're experts at is attracting you and holding on to you and just having the awareness that that's what they're doing and they're trying to take your time away and that you are distracted by these things, it'll help you to almost shut some of that off and become aware of it and say, no, no, no. I know where I'm at currently today. I know what my objective is for today. I need to shut these things off. And that's why we hear, you know, one of the tips you left in the book there was to shut off notifications. Like we get notifications all the time and cut the crap podcast nation. What is this? The fourth week out of six that we've heard an author say, shut off your notifications. Why haven't you shut off your notifications yet when you're working, especially my salespeople out there? Why haven't you done that yet? Maybe because you're a little bit addicted to your phone, you're addicted to the dopamine rush you get when you get the notification yeah. that comes in. I don't know what it is. But you've got to put measures in place to help stop the distractions.
0: Exactly, because that's the first step. I mean, you can't get control of your life. And you can't sell more last time. You can't get more work done. You can't even have a, a really fun rest of your life if you're constantly being distracted from whatever it is you're doing. I mean, out to dinner with a good friend, you know? Boom. Mm-hmm. Thing, you know, you get distracted. That reduces your pleasure in the, in the company of somebody else. I mean, it's just it's like a whole thing that we we have been given devices that in the last 10 years are designed for addiction and to pull us in, and they're wonderful and we love them, but they can't run the show. Mm-hmm. We have to run the show.
1: That's exactly right. And we hear a lot of times when you're when you're speaking to salespeople today, you hear a lot of them use the words crazy busy you know I'm crazy yep. crazy busy I'm crazy busy and i guess all of this contributes like the reason why people are crazy busy is because of a lot of these distractions is that correct
0: oh it's absolutely because of the the distractions they they're just bouncing from task to task and the 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 consequence of bouncing from task to task um is also huge because as you're jumping from you know doing work and and making a call to working on something else there's all if you, you know, again, you look at brain research. There's, there's a lag time. Your brain takes a while to switch, you know, modes and to get up to speed in terms of where it's at, and, and it can extend your workday significantly just from the constant task switching. So again, it goes back to the fact that we really need to think about how we can be in charge of our time as opposed to how we can just, um, you know, go into the day and expect right. it to happen. But there were, I mean, there's one statistic I quote in the book that says that 72%, I think it's 72 or 70% of emails are responded or attended to within six seconds. Wow. So, which means that people are sitting at their computer or with their cell phone in their hand, and they get, bang, you know, you've got, mm-hmm. you've got a new <laughs> message, or they see it appear, which, again, the notifications are on. So they stop what they're doing to take a look at what the message is and, and decide at that point if they're going to, you know, they have to read it, who is it from, what is the message about, should I respond to it? Um, you know, and if you take a look at that, that may seem meaningless, except Research also shows that every time you're interrupted, it takes 10 to 20 times the length of the interruption to get your head back into what you were doing. So you say you left for 30 seconds. Well, 10 times 30 seconds is what? I don't know. I can't do the math. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a larger
1: number. <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger. It's yeah. 300
0: seconds divided by um, 60 seconds, five minutes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, that's ten times. So it takes, you know, if that little distraction that you went over to check to see if that email was worth responding to right now has you know, pulled you away from whatever else you're doing and extended the amount of time it takes to get every other project done. So what we're doing is we're allowing these distractions, and it's not just the notifications, you know, it's, it's everything, and we're bouncing from one thing to the other, and we're never operating at full productivity. But to me what's even worse about it is we're not getting our best thinking. You know, so it's not just about productivity, it's really to me about being at your optimal performance level. And in any position, and I, you know, I speak to salespeople and work with salespeople all the time. I mean, in today's business environment, salespeople really need to be savvy. I mean, they really need to have their head on. They need to constantly be thinking about how they can add value to their customers. They need to develop their own expertise. They need to uh, put together strategies and plans to help customers you know, implement their technology or get buy-in within their organization. That's not easy. Mm. And the smart salesperson will stop and really focus on what it's going to take. The distracted salesperson keeps repeating the same things that they've done before rather than adjusting and thinking, in terms of, you know, what is the best way to approach this situation? How can I ensure that when I meet with this person, they get maximum value Mm -hmm. from our interaction? Because if they don't, you don't get a second chance.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad that we focused a big chunk of time on this because it is a problem. We've had we had a number of, of people come on the show before and they've talked about the inefficiency that happens or the level of distraction that occurs, uh, for example, when you're prospecting. For everyone out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, if you've ever prospected for new business, you know when, when I put a, a LinkedIn post out there and I say, you know, I, d- I did 40 cold calls today, people respond back I'm like, how the hell did you do 40 phone calls I -hmm. I, I did it in an afternoon. So we had uh, another author on and he was mentioning that it was Jeb Blunt and he was saying that he was watching Mm -hmm. some of his salespeople do prospecting. He goes, you know, they they, they pick up their phone, they do a call, they hang up, they go online, they, they do some research, they go over here, they look at their phone, they adjust this on their desk, they do another phone call, they do the exact same thing. They get up, they get a coffee, they come back, they do their phone call. He goes, why don't you just pound out a whole bunch of phone calls and then get it done with. He goes, you know, just start and stop. Instead of just start and stopping all the time, it's so inefficient. And that's what kind of leads me maybe to my next golden nugget here, which is golden nugget number two, the Pomodoro technique. Now, we've heard this technique before, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation. We've heard different authors talk about this in, in passing very briefly. But Jill, I want you to lead us through this one once and for all. Tell us what this is and how we can use it.
0: Okay, um, I think the best way to use it is to to jump start yourself and get yourself focused on something that is hard for you to get started on, for example, prospecting hard to get started on
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's like ugh, people <laughs> think about that um filling out expense reports or doing administrative stuff that you really don't want to do mm-hmm. uh, um, figuring out how to put together that proposal that. Um, is complex mm-hmm. and and oh you know it's going to require this now. I mean it's like there's a lot of things we have to do that are hard to get started on and that's mm-hmm. personally why I prefer to use the Pomodoro technique because if something is hard to start on you're uh, again, your your brain is a self-preservation item and it likes to protect you from things that you don't like to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it comes up with excuses or maybe you should check this out first. You know, Ryan, hey, take a look at this first. You don't want to start until you know this.
1: And, right.
0: you know, and, and you can spend the whole day getting ready to do something and never actually doing it because you can come up with all these reasons. So if we understand that that's how our brain works, then what we really need to do is understand what does it take to engage the brain. And and if you take a look at the Pomodoro technique, it's a it's a very simple thing where and where you set a timer and and you and let me just say that Pomodoro is um, is Italian for tomato and it's because the guy who invented the technique um, had a tomato timer that he would set. <laughs> so it comes from Pomodoro is from a a tomato timer. Nice. But basically it's about it's about sort of playing a mental game with yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to tackle this thing. I'm going to set my clock for 25 minutes and I'm going to only work on it for 25 minutes. That's all I have to do. Well, the truth is once you get into a task and you start playing this game with yourself, after about two to three minutes, the resistance fades. The brain's resistance fades and your natural curiosity and your thinking comes to the forefront and you actually get into it and become very productive. So you've now, first of all, you've crossed the hurdle in terms of You've you've started, you know, and starting is the hard part, Mm -hmm. you know, so you've started. But at the end of 25 minutes, you need to get up and take a break. That's part of the Pomodoro technique Hmm. that you actually need to to get yourself up, move around and and do something physical, not check email. You know, because it's a it's a function of refreshing your brain that you actually need to refresh your brain and, and um, allow more oxygen to get in there and you need to do something fun that makes you laugh and you know or talk to a human being, but move, you know just do something and then you come back and start the clock again. and you do that on a regular basis. and mm-hmm. after three sessions you take a longer break to nice. really give yourself a, a thing, but it's amazing how much work you can get down just by setting the stupid timer, mm-hmm. which can be an app timer as well. Cause there's a lot of apps for the Pomodoro technique.
1: Definitely. And I find it very interesting too. It, the Pomodoro technique, the strategy works really, really well when you actually keep a record of what you've accomplished in each of the oh, 25 minute yes. sessions, right? Mm. It really
0: does And you know, sometimes you're tackling some really big tasks, you know, I mean, it's not something that you can get done in 25 minutes. I mean, we have some big things that we're working on. All of us that that take a while. Like it could be an analysis of a territory where the best prospects to go after. These might be bigger projects, but you can break it down into smaller chunks, oh, yeah. and you can say, okay, I'm I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I'm going to get started. I'm going to just take the next 25 minutes and look at what's there, mm-hmm. and then put together a plan. You know, and then, then once you get a plan, you can take the first the next 25 minutes to do the first 20, you know, the first section. So you can literally literally plot out, you know, a couple hours, half a day, and you can get so much done, Mm -hmm. so much done.
1: Oh, yeah. And again, it just, to me, once you see it in action, you see Mm -hmm. how much you you, you can accomplish, that it just reinforces it in your brain that, holy crap, like I, I can get so much done in a small period of time. And it, again, it reinforces it for you. So again, go back to the cold calls, If you set a timer for 25 minutes and you look at that and you're like, okay, for 25 minutes, I'm shutting off all distractions. So I don't like keeping my phone off all the time, but I'm going to shut it off for this 25-minute period and I'm going to do calls. Then all of a sudden, you pound out, what, 10, maybe 12 calls? Yeah. You look at that and you're like, oh my God, why did – I? I took 25 minutes to pound out 12 calls. And before this, it took me all day to pound out 12 calls. All day. And, and, and it's fascinating. You. Yeah. It's truly fascinating. And again, it it's is. something very simple. And cut the crap podcast nation. We have mentioned the Pomodoro technique multiple times on the show. And I know some of you still aren't using it. Why not? Take a chance on that. Do as Jill's saying shut off all the distractions, shut off your phone implement the Pomodoro technique. Just try it next week. Try it next week when you're doing your phone calls, when you're putting together proposals, when you have to do client follow-ups, whatever it is you have to do, try something new. It might surprise you. So golden nugget number three, we talk about starting and finishing each day strong. Now, I think we all want to do that, Jill,
0: but how do we do that? Well, rather than coming to the office and starting, you know, our With your email and getting sucked in and (laughs) discovering at 1030 that you haven't really done anything except respond to email, other people's priorities, it's really just taking some quiet time at -hmm. the beginning of the day and saying, like, what's most important to get done? What really would matter? And just having that conversation with yourself. That if you, you know, if today, if you walked out of the office at the end of the day and you got these three things done, these few things done, it would have been a successful day. Hmm. And then once you just simply do that, it's like you take those things that are important to you and you take the number one thing first and you put it on your calendar and say from you know 9 to 10 or from 1 to 2, this is what I'm going to focus on. Hmm. Period. And it's on your calendar because if it's not on your calendar, honest to God, the time evaporates and, it, and we again find another... Anything else to do that isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. that isn't the priority.
1: That's right. When you are, we had David Allen on, David Allen, the author of Getting Things Done. Um, Kevin Cruz was on here again a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago. And they all mentioned the idea of getting away from the to-do list and going ahead and putting stuff on your calendar. Now, do you agree with that philosophy?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff on the to-do list is worthless, and you'll never get there. And you carry a, you carry a cognitive burden if you have this huge long to-do list. Um, I really think it's important to think about. I mean, there are things you need to write down to mem to to free your memory from them, and that's they can be written down. But I, I think to just go in with, um, I don't know how many. That, I think the average person has like 170, 150 things on their to-do list. That's overwhelming, and nothing gets done. Right. so it's I mean it's fine to have some to-do list but you have to say every day what do I focus on what will have the highest impact on on my achieving my goals
1: hmm. so when we start off our day you know we might want to take Ten minutes and form a routine where we start yeah. our day productively. We plan out exactly what we want to accomplish. We organize our calendar accordingly. Um, you know, maybe you get up a little bit earlier in the day just to get a, a head start on the day. Um, you know, as we had other authors say, you know, you wake up first thing in the morning. Maybe get a quick workout, get the blood flowing, and then get, get into the, the day. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what what about the end of the day? Because I feel like at the end of the day, people more or less are just work into the end of the clock, right? They look at the time, they see four thirty, five o'clock, five thirty, whatever it is you're leaving. They more or less just. Kind of count down the minutes until it's acceptable for me to leave the office when you know no one's going mm-hmm. to judge me for leaving. So, how do we end the day with strength? In your opinion,
0: uh, number one, to look back at the day and say what you know, what did you do well? I think that's important to you know really reflect on what you did and then to just say what needs to get done. I have I have things that can do. Here's some things that you know emerged today. What do I really need to focus on? So you really end the day. Um, pulling together and getting ready for the next day. But I also think there's something else you can do, and I'm not sure if I mention it in my book. I think if you pose questions to your brain about some of the challenges that you're facing, that we don't realize how much our brain will, will work even when we're not working. Yes. So if we can say to ourselves, for example, if you're in sales and you're really struggling with an account, and you can literally say, what else can I do with this account that might help me um, move the sale along or, or um, deal with a competitive situation or replace their, their status quo, whatever they're using right now, but to pose some questions to your brain and allow your brain to work when you're free and to just start making connections behind the scenes because that is what our brain does. And we, it, it will open us up to fresh ideas and fresh thinking that we perhaps haven't had access to before, But it's because we ask the question. I don't think people ask those questions of themselves often enough. I think they try to power through thinking about things. And any time you're trying to power through to come up with a a new idea, a fresh approach to deal with a tough situation, um, we don't come up again with the best ideas. And so for me... Again, I always think about how can we have the maximum impact in every interaction and whatever we're doing with our clients. And we need to tap into the creative power of our brain to make connections um, on its own when we're not thinking about it and allow it to deliver ideas to us.
1: So for golden nugget number four, we talk about the five questions all salespeople need to be able to answer. So the five questions are, what is the one vital task you must do today? How can you achieve the maximum positive impact for each customer? How can you get multiple decision makers to sign off on a purchase? How can you close more business? And should you continue to pursue a particular sale or walk away from it? Now, for those five questions, I'm very interested as to why those five in particular. Um, Why should a salesperson develop answers to each of those? Why did you choose those five
0: number 1 because based on my years of experience in sales those are the kind of questions we should be asking that help us keep focused on what really matters mm. and if we're working with the right prospect if we have the right strategy in place if we are doing the the if we're doing what it's going to take to get us to the desired end result mm. and and sometimes it requires walking away and sometimes it requires us to really 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 think about things but to me those questions just seem to be the ones that matter. Yeah.
1: And, and like you said, the last golden nugget, asking the right questions is so important. It focuses our efforts because I find that sometimes we just get on autopilot. We focus on whatever is the burning task of the day. We're either focused on a specific client or a specific, hitting a specific number or getting that particular proposal, out, whatever it is. But we don't lift ourselves a little bit higher, kind of take ourselves out of the forest and, and, uh, and, and look at what we need to be doing. And when you look at each question one by one, it focuses your mind and it allows you to, perhaps as a salesperson, be the best damn salesperson you can be by focusing on the most important questions. And again, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, go back over, rewind it and listen to those five questions. Because I myself, you know, I'll I'll put myself here for a little bit and be a little bit vulnerable. I don't ask myself those questions. And after I read the book and I see those five questions, immediately, I knew that I would become a more focused salesperson, more effective, because I'm very simply asking myself better questions, which allows my brain to focus on the more important tasks. So do you, what, what, what exactly can people expect, Jill, when you start asking these questions? What have you seen with people? Do you see them become more efficient? How do you see their performance change?
0: If, I, I wouldn't focus on efficiency with those questions, although mm. that is a part of it. I would focus on effectiveness. Mm. <laughs> and I know that sounds uh, strange. To me, I think the one, the one thing I see so predominant in the sales field is a, uh, a push toward more. Do more, more, right. more, more. And I've always had a strong internal resistance to more and more and more because I in all the years I've been in sales, um, it's not the people who do more and more and more that are consistently effective. It might help at the beginning when you're starting and you're not proficient at your position. But to me the real essence of the top salespeople is they keep thinking about what can they do to be more effective? What will lead them to more, you know, effective um, approaches that ha- yield higher results in everything that they do. Um, and, and I mean, I, I know this may sound stupid, but sometimes I think that that these questions are the lazy person's questions.
1: Interesting, interesting. Because
0: they keep you from doing, you know, they keep you from working harder <laughs> on things that don't matter. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know. To me, it's like if you work hard to get somebody to meet with you and then you don't invest the time really thinking about how to have the most effective meeting, the most effective meeting, you know? What do you have to do to move somebody from A to B and, and really focus on that? Then you're wasting all the time you put in to get to that point hmm. and the time that you, ha- you spent with the client working on things. So to me, effectiveness is, is and always has been my driving factor, and which is why it was strange for me to book, write a book on efficiency, <laughs> Um, But I honestly feel that the constant interruption and distractions in the way that we're working is truly impacting our effectiveness. Mm,
1: Absolutely. Which
0: is why I keep talking about the brain and creative ideas and new approaches to situations and bringing our best game to the table as opposed to, you know, trying to get everything done. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I think maybe a quick tip for all of you out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation for all you in sales, you might want to print up those five questions and post them in front of your computer where you see it all the time and it'll remind you constantly to ask yourself the right five questions on a regular basis and it'll help you become you know as Jill says more effective on the job.
0: To me again I go back to we really need to focus on effectiveness because as sellers we don't you know if we don't do that we lose opportunities mm. and and it's just not worth it to invest all that time <laughs> you know to lose opportunities. Right. We should be focusing on how we can Make every interaction that we have the, you know, the most valuable interaction that the customer could have. And they would just be drooling to work with us as opposed to thinking, oh, this is just another <laughs> self-serving salesperson going through their, you know, their That's spiel. Right. That, that isn't what we should be doing. Golden nugget
1: number five, the Time Master Manifesto. So what exactly is that? To help us understand what the Time Master Manifesto is and how does that benefit today's salesperson?
0: Well, the Time Master Manifesto is really about reclaiming your your whole time and doing what's right with the time. And it's really realizing that things are not out of your control, that you have ultimate control Hmm. over what it is that you're doing, that you're not... Being pulled here and there willy nilly with you know no say in the matter. it's really about saying i am i'm am, I'm the boss here, <laughs> and I get to I get to figure out the best way for me to be most effective and efficient in doing our job and i the reason i mean partly the reason I wrote it is because so many people that I've talked to and myself included I just felt like I was you know at everybody else's beck and call, and I wasn't doing what was right for me. And so many other people say, "Well, I, I can't. You know, I, I have to do this. I have to do that. You know, I have to respond to my boss when they do this. I have to, you know, get back to my customers in two seconds." And no, 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 no. You don't have to do anything. You can stop and say, "You know, I'm, I'm the boss of my time, and I want to make sure I use it in the most effective manner, and efficient manner possible. And it's up to me to create." The work environment, but also the life that I want to live so that, you know, so that at the end of the day at 11 o'clock at night, you're not still responding to emails, um, but you're maybe, uh, you know, having fun with people that you care about, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And and you, to me, I mean, and to me that also, you know, gives you the full life, which helps you, uh, again, be more happy and happy people and optimistic people and people who are looking forward to life actually do better in sales, too.
1: (laughs) Mm, No, absolutely. And again, when it comes down to your time, you do control your time. And I always feel this is it goes back to golden nugget number one. Being in control of your time also means being aware and not being on autopilot. And I feel like sometimes we're on autopilot Um, and it comes back to being distracted. It comes back to being led by your nose And it really comes down to um, you, again, realizing that you are in charge of your time, you're in charge of your life, that you need to spend time to succeed and you have that time, um, you know, to use for yourself, for your life and not to squander it. And I think that's one of the most important things to take away here is use your time appropriately. Like again, we only have 1,440 minutes in a day. Don't squander it, because and myself, I squander it all the time. We all do. We all get distracted. We all waste time. But it's it's limiting that, and spending more time on the things that do matter. That's really important. Here is one of the biggest takeaways.
0: You know, let me let me add something, and I and I agree totally with what you're saying. But I think that there is there is a part of you where you should be wasting time deliberately. uh, you know, like if you're stuck with a problem and, and most of us when we're stuck or we're trying to get the work done, we, we sit in front of our computer and we grind, you know. I've nice. got to get this done. i got to get this done. You know, I, I can't leave until, you know, I get this done. I sit here for another half hour and figure this sucker out. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do is to get up and pull yourself away from your digital environment and get out and walk and think mm-hmm. and do something entirely different. And the rationale being It's not rational. Again, it's understanding brain science that your brain cannot sit and focus and focus and focus for long periods of time. To be at our optimal performance level, we need to induce breaks in there, and we need to enjoy them. And our brain, when we're in a digital environment, focuses on a very linear thing. If they are looking for better ideas, bigger ideas, new ways to focus, figure out how to solve problems, we need to get up and we need to literally waste time. Laugh, have fun with people, go out for a walk, do something physical. That We don't build that into our days because mm-hmm. we think it's inefficient. We need to get it all done. But the truth of the matter is building that into your days actually frees you up to be more effective and efficient. That's
1: right. I'm really glad you made that distinction, too, because we again we, we focus so much on what the task is at hand and Dan Pink talked about this on episode 100 when he was covering his new book When and he talks about the importance of taking breaks the importance of stepping away from things the importance of yeah. stepping away from technology because it's going to help your brain refresh it's going to reset yeah. it and it's going to allow you to be more effective on the job rather than just draining your brain in front of the screen all day so I'm really glad you gave us that reminder um, because I don't think that we take enough breaks and I, don't, I think that we think that taking breaks is weak you know it means I'm not focused enough yes. means I'm not working and it's just not right it's completely wrong so if you're a manager out there and you expect your people to work tooth and nail work to the bone you know not taking any breaks because that means you're a hard worker it's stupid thinking it's old school thinking that just doesn't make old sense school, anymore.
0: absolutely old school thinking and again brain science supports it a hundred percent the more we understand about our brain and how we as human beings work the more we can um, uh, maximize our time and our effectiveness. That's
1: right. So on that last note here, for the last golden nugget here, we're talking about brain science. I wanna talk about the power of positivity and golden nugget number six. So Harvard psychologist, Sean Aker, he believes that people with positive attitudes achieve the most satisfying business outcomes. And then he says that um, when you're positive, your intelligence rises, your creativity rises, your energy (laughs) levels rise, and you're actually, what he says, 37% better at sales. So talk to us about the power of positivity and why salespeople today need to be more positive.
0: Well, I mean, I think that the data pretty much supports it. But when you're in a positive mindset, for example, well, when you're in a positive mindset, your brain is is not being bogged down by problems. And, and, uh, you know, to expand on what he's saying, when your brain is tasked with a problem when you go oh god i gotta solve this problem what literally happens is your brain you know delivers a stress hormone to your body (laughs) and and that stress hormone literally blocks all creative thinking and new ways to do things and again i'm a big proponent of you know freeing up our brain to to do what it's capable of doing but when you are not happy and you are faced with a problem, you are less effective if you carry it as problem. But if you can optimistically say to yourself, look, there's gotta be an answer out there. You know, how can I do this? How can I do this? How can I tackle this specific challenge? You're you're transitioning yourself from a a negative feeling of a weight and a burden that you're carrying that's stressful, that you'll never meet your goals or whatever it is, to uh, a focus on possibility and when you're focused on possibility and what could happen, then your brain, it it responds in a whole different way. It actually goes out and starts looking for the answers and, and you know, it sees information that comes through on your email feed. It sees articles that might be important. It makes connections with other sales situations you've been in. And that's why you're able to be more effective because you've switched yourself into a creative problem solving mode where there. There, there's got to be an answer, and I just got to find it as opposed to the problem that you consistently are carrying with us. And I think salespeople really walk around with a lot of problems mm-hmm. thinking, oh, God, I'm behind quota, not going to meet my numbers this month, uh, I'm scared these people aren't going to close, and all that kind of stuff actually makes you less effective at a job. So the ability to turn problems into um, challenges is – is um, mm-hmm gives you an advantage over other people, as does the ability to turn failure, like when you screw up or you lose something, into um, a valuable learning experience and saying, okay, I really blew it. I thought I was going to close this month. Or I thought I was going to get this contract, but they went to the competitors. Um, you can be depressed and you can feel like it's a problem, but if you can also turn it into, oh, what did I learn from it? Your brain switches into a positivity mode and it starts seeing again, what, what, where the growth is and all that kind of stuff leads you it, really toward an upward spiral in your work as opposed to um, staying at the status quo or, you know, getting discouraged and going down.
1: More sales, less time. Surprisingly simple strategies for today's crazy, busy sellers. Jill Conrath. Jill, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show talking about this incredible incredibly important topic. I know the sales people out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation appreciate you coming on and bringing a lot of these topics to light. And I hope, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, that you're listening, you took notes, and that you're taking a lot of what we discussed today and you're putting it into practice. Uh, Jill, for anyone who wants to connect with you online, uh, they want to read more about you, how can they go about doing that?
0: I think the best place to go is um, certainly to my website, jillconrath.com. I have for any seller out there, I have tons of free free resources out there that, you know, they're welcome to download that can help them with the whole scope of sales sales challenges and also to, you know, follow me on LinkedIn.
2: Absolutely. I think I'm
0: the highest ranked salesperson on, uh, sales expert on LinkedIn. LinkedIn there actually recommended me as the number one sales expert to follow. No kidding. Sales.
1: Get on it, people. 18, Get huh? on it. Get on it. Yeah, That's awesome. Right. Wow. Congratulations yeah. on that
0: got well over a third of a million followers
1: right now so awesome and working your way to a million <laughs> it
0: may take a, a few weeks but i'll <laughs> yeah, get there <laughs> <that's all. laughs>
1: right on well thank you again so much for making time for both myself and for everyone out there on cut the crap podcast nation it's a true pleasure having you on the show joe
0: my pleasure too thanks for having me
1: all right there we have it that's more sales less time by jill conrath It was awesome having Jill on the show. And who knew that she had that many followers on LinkedIn? I didn't know. I didn't even look at that beforehand. But uh, good for you, Jill. Really impressive. If you enjoyed this podcast, my friends, if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy all the episodes, it doesn't matter. Please do me a favor. Rate and review the show. When you do that, I'll make sure you get entered into the draw every quarter for a prize. Just make sure you send that entry into podcast at ryancalajuri.com. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Listen, I got to get some Jill Conrath numbers here. My numbers aren't that good. I got about maybe, I don't know, (laughs) <laughs> Three hundred thousand more to go so it doesn't matter follow me get on linkedin and uh, give me a follow and let me know that you found me through the podcast and of course don't forget go to cutthecrappodcast.com on the very top you'll see summaries sign up for the pdf summaries and i'll make sure you get this into your inbox once a month all right my friends that is a wrap thank you so much once again for giving me your attention for giving me your time and uh, as usual my friends I always appreciate you tuning in. I'll be back here next week. I we have a brand new book, brand new golden nuggets, an interview with an author. And of course, every single week I'm here just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. Have a fantastic, productive week. I love you all.
0: I have had a few rough months, some setbacks at work that hurt me financially, which has stressed out my family. I'm late on some payments. I'm falling further behind at work. I don't want to tap out, but I just don't know where to start.
2: Well, you know what? That's that's just kind of the way that life works sometimes. it's It's Murphy's Law. When things go wrong, they always seem to happen at once and they just compound on top of each other. And it's, it's pretty easy sometimes to, to feel beaten when you're faced with all those issues and all those problems and they all hit you at the same time. But let me tell you, that, that doesn't mean give up in fact it means the opposite it means it's time for you to fight harder to dig in means it's time for you to go on the war path and that starts with one of the fundamental laws of combat leadership prioritize and execute what's the biggest problem what's causing the most stress family okay sit them down explain where you are at be blunt be upfront and then give them the simple plan of how you're gonna get things back on track don't sugarcoat it you give it to them straight next you got some some late payments Call those creditors up. Explain to them what's going on. Set up some kind of a, of a of a minimum payment plan so you can start making some progress and get them off your back. And then you've got your job. Right? You're falling behind at work. Okay, talk to your boss. Face it. Tell him that you're going to step up your game. Tell him you're going to be at work early, you're going to be at work late, you're going to be at work during lunch, you're going to be wherever you need to be whenever he needs you to be there. Tell him you're going to get after it, And tell him that you're 100% committed to supporting him and the company and the mission. And then you get there. tell you right now, it won't be easy. It will be hard because life is hard. That's what life is. And these challenges, these challenges that you face, they're going to do their best to take you down. Do not let them. Stand up. Dig in line up those problems and confront them face them fight them do not let them bring you down in fact in fact let those challenges raise you up let them elevate you let their demands and their trials make you stronger Let the adversity you face today, turn you into a better person tomorrow. So, so in the future, you look back at these
0: struggles and you say to them, thank you.